Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. Each week, I'll bring you new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awakened. The planet, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way. There's always bigger, brighter waves to surf that will change our world. So grab your boards. Welcome to Serving the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. Today, we're going to be surfing the moon waves in the show. And we're going to be talking about astrology and the moon signs with our special guest star surfer, Mark Lerner of Great Bear Enterprises. He's been on the show like many years ago, and it's still up on SoundCloud. I found it recently. Um, Mark has been busy publishing the Cosmic Calendar for years now, and he's a teacher of astrology. He has a podcast called Astroscope. He's also on YouTube now, and uh, he's been pub- he's been uh, the creator of a magazine called Welcome to Planet Earth, published from 1981 to 2000. Uh, he has other talents up his sleeves too, and uh, he actually created a couple of different tarot card decks over the years, and even one called Baseball Tarot. As, and soon, coming in August, he will release uh, what will be called GPS Astrology, which is a new online magazine dedicated to providing that rainbow bridge between many metaphysical fields, including astrology and some of the ancient wisdom teachings. And you can find out more about Mark, his astrology at greatbearenterprises.com. Mark is going to give us a scoop today about our moon signs and how we can bring that information into our daily surf. So welcome, Mark. How, how's that is going? the greatest introduction that I've ever had. <laughs> That's great. You are, you are complete. <laughs> I'm just saying, thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. So how is the surf for you today? So tell me like where the moon is, like what is happening? Yeah. Uh, to be right in the moment, the moon just entered Taurus. The moon has a cycle of 27 and a third days. And part of the reason I wanted to be on with you and Cheryl this is, as most people know, most people are aware of their sun sign. In traditional yeah. astrology, you hear a word character. The sun is character and the moon is personality. So when I got into this 50 years ago, you see some of these basic things. And if you're not into astrology and you suddenly discover it, it's kind of like, what is going on here? Most people now know what their sun sign is unless they're what we call born on a cusp. And that's a whole other thing we can talk about another time, because unless somebody is born at a weird minute in one day between Aries and Taurus, Sun sign, or Gemini and Cancer, there's 1,440 minutes in every day. And literally, the sun changes during one of those minutes every 30 days. Now, that's the solar energy. Yeah. So most people have learned, okay, I'm a sun sign, this or that, and maybe they never get any further. To know your moon you have to look it up or you have to go to an astrologer or find some kind of source. Okay, where's my moon? Because the moon is so close to us that it takes 27 and a third days for it to go through the entire zodiac, which is about two to two and a half days per sign. The moon has just gone into Taurus in the last hour and a half and will spend the next two plus days in the sign. The moon is considered in astrology terminology to be exalted in Taurus, partly because this is a sign related to Venus, the traditional planet of love and romance and creativity, and the moon being considered more the feminine to the solar energy 
considered masculine in terms of archetypes. So the moon relates a lot to being in Taurus and connecting to a sign ruled by Venus. That's what's happening right now. So cool. So um, what? maybe you could describe those different pieces of um, the moon being in Taurus and then in two and a half days it's going to be in a different sign. And, you know, how do we sort of navigate some, there's some days in the month where we feel really great, and there's some days in the month that we don't. I think when the moon is in Capricorn for me, I just I just try to do nothing, <laughs> nothing good, you know, very yeah. pr- uh, profound. So um, yeah. maybe you could talk how the moon affects different people, different signs. Yeah. Well, just as an example, picking up literally today, and as you said, I. I've been doing this cosmic calendar. It used to be the centerpiece of the printed version of Welcome Planet Earth, which reached thousands of people around the world in the 80s and 90s. That's still continuing for 41 years, and now it's an app that my daughter Katja created, and she'll be the managing editor of the GPS Astrology, so kindly mentioned. So, for instance, later today, okay, around six, between 6 and 7 Pacific time, which would be 9 plus p.m. Eastern, and even the next yeah. day if you're somewhere in Europe, the moon and Venus. Venus is currently in the sign Cancer. And you just brought up, like, how, why is the moon sometimes helpful? You mentioned, say, a Capricorn moon. Um, yeah. So that's a good example. The moon rules the sign of Cancer, the first water sign. So there's all this war stuff in astrology. What does the moon rule? Where is it exalted? Where does it fall? Where is it in detriment? Every single celestial body, this goes back thousands of years. What does the sun rule? Well, the sun rules Leo the second fire sign after Aries. And there's all these different things with the power of the sun. So if somebody's born when their sun is in Aquarius, that is sort of in theory detrimental because the sun is empowered in a fire sign. The sun is a principle of fire or archetype of that. When it's in air, which is Aquarius, it may not have the same energy. On the other hand, there are enhancements of the sun being in Aquarius. Now the moon gets the same thing. Since the moon rules the sign Cancer, having to do with mothering, nurturing, feelings, mood, sensitivity. When it's in Capricorn, okay, it's in an earth sign, and it's opposite its rulership. So that's part of the thing you're picking up on. You're a very psychic, tuned-in person. Look at the show you're, you're doing. And what you're <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> so so now, now the, the reality is the astrologer would look at your chart, and they would find other things. Aha, you know. Uh, Christy has this, that, and the other thing in these different places. And yes, she is very tuned in to moon energy for whatever reason, because I'm not giving away your chart in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the point is, is that when you say what you just said, there's a reason for it. It's part of all the signs, the houses, and in case people are not familiar, each of us have sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, asteroids, this new planet, um, which was stationary yesterday in the sky, or uh, what we call halting its process and going retrograde, Chiron, the newly discovered small body between uh, Saturn and Uranus. So, yeah, the moon in the course, and this is why it's so fascinating to talk about it, because the moon is so close to us, what are called the alignments or the mathematical relationship, which is part of fun- fundamental astrology, what are called, and people may have heard these terms, opposition, when planets are opposite, Trine, when planets are in a triangular configuration, and so on. There's all these geometric formations. If you think of the zodiac, which is what it what it is, a circle, a 360-degree circle. Basically, what I 
why I'm doing this is I love geometry in 11th grade. I got into math. <laughs> I love algebra, adding, subtracting, and all that. And when I got into geometry, that's where I really loved it. And astrology, when I got into it when I was 22, it was as if, wow, this is applied geometry that I loved in 11th grade. Now it's cosmic. Now it's the sun, mm-hmm. the moon, and the planets. And they're all making these alignments. That's what the moon does more than any other celestial body. So what's going to happen in a few hours, the moon will make what we call a sextile, which is a 60-degree relationship mathematically to Venus and Cancer. That's considered auspicious. So right mm-hmm. now, give it out to the world. You want to do something Venusian? Okay, what is Venus, Venusian? Love, creativity, friendship, uh, adornment things that are beautiful, okay? On an esoteric level, Venus is connected actually to knowledge and science on a high level. I could get into that another time. It's called the esoteric part. And the moon has to do with our feelings, our moods, our families, mothering and nurturing. I even associate the moon, if we get into it, to reincarnation, if people accept that, that the moon in a person's chart, we all have the moon in one sign or another. The problem is people have to look it up. So it's not the same thing where you say, okay, this person's born January 1st. Well, that's the beginning of the year, and that's Capricorn. So they know they're a sun sign Capricorn, right? Or somebody's born July 1st, they're a sun sign Cancer, but they don't know anything else. And we can talk about, like, how years ago, 50 years ago, that's what sort of opened the door for me to find out where's the moon for people. I had to look that up. And when I saw that, it was like I discovered their inner personality, their feelings, the things that are, that we often identify with inside of ourselves, but people often see the solar energy, because that's the group we're, bo- we're born into, 30 days when the sun is in a mm-hmm. sign or another, but over those 30 days, Christy, the moon changes every two to two and a half days. So the way this works is, we all have a sun sign, okay, unless you're born on the cusp, but I could tell people, okay, you're not really a cusp, because I'd look it up exactly. And then the moon is in a certain sign, and that's more inner. And then two days later, the moon, still being in the same sun sign when people are born, is, I mean, the sun is in the same sun sign, and then two days later, there's a different moon. Two, two more days later, another moon. So even every, let's say, every Capricorn sun person born from December 21 to, say, January 19th, that time period of the sun Capricorn, over the 30 days, each Capricorn sun will have a different moon, every two plus days. And that will be a completely different personality for that individual. That's so fascinating because we, you know, if you're looking at your chart, you're just focused on yourself. You know, you're not thinking Mm -hmm. about all the other, I'm a Scorpio. So where are all the other Scorpios that were born around my time? Well, there could be only so many that have my same moon. So that's kind of cool. so yeah, it, it's like it, yeah, yeah. It brings up time twins. Also, this is a term people might say, "Oh, this person is my time twin." So, if people ever see that, a time twin would be someone born the same month, day, and year, which is hard. You know, when you're a little kid, okay. Generally, yeah. let's say in America, <clears throat> excuse me, whatever town you're in, generally you go into kindergarten. At least this is what when I was going to school. Maybe now it's a little different, but other kids around you. You might have a friend that you meet, boy or girl, oh, that's my birthday, you see. And as a little kid, they're pro- they could be born your year, right? Because you generally yeah. start your classes with the same age group, see what I mean? But as you get older and you move around, 
maybe go to a different high school in your town, then you go to college, or you just, you're working or you move away, the odds of meeting another person, same month, day, and year, and they would have the same sun and moon and other planets. But even that time twin, unless they were born at the same time in your town, their so-called rising sign, what are called the houses, what's up, what's down, what's rising, what's setting, that would still be different. But if you found somebody born on your birthday, right, with the same sun and moon and other planets, boy, you'd have a lot of resonance. You'd still have the difference of your parents, your family, where you went to school, whether you're rich or poor, you know, what were the interests going on, all of these kind of things, your social activity. So even though the planetary energies and the sun and moon could be the same, this is what's so fascinating. It's sort of the difference between fate and free will, because so much of the world, like the church world and other worlds, you know, other sort of concepts, they would tend to disparage astrology saying, oh, you believe in that thing where it's all fate. So like the planets and the sun and moon are ruling your life, and that is impossible. But that's not the reality of how astrologers look at things. We look at there's fundamentally destiny, if you look at the first moment of your breath, there's these planetary energies, and you can utilize them on a high level or a low level or a middle level. Uh, there, may, there are thousands of babies born all over the place every day. There's a quarter of a million babies, according to the Almanac, about every single day born in the world. That's a, that's a number that should stun everyone. There's literally yeah. a quarter of a million souls, as I see it, are entering the world. And the reason the population keeps increasing and these numbers I've already looked up. So let's just say approximately 250,000 babies are born around the world. And think of what that means as a profound thing. Talk about psyching, the psychic waves. This is one of the unseen, unmentioned things that's happening all over the planet all the time, 24-7. But souls are passing away due to illness, accidents, everything else. But there's less souls passing away that's why the population increases by maybe 15,000 a day, 20,000 a day. But to go from 7 billion to 8 billion and so on, we're getting always a daily increase. Okay. But what I've studied this spiritually. I talk about sort of things becoming visible or invisible, souls yeah. leaving the earth, souls being born as babies, and then having these astrological charts with the power of the sun during 30 days. But as you said, a couple of days after you were born, the moon shifted from where it was into the next sign. Then two days later, somebody would be a Scorpio again, but they'd have the moon in Capricorn. Then it would be Aquarius, Pisces, wherever it would be. Just keep going on through the, the whole time period until the moon would come back 27 days later to where it was. So it seems like if I'm having a really bad day and I just sit tight, until the moon side changes, that gives me like an out. Like I don't have right. to be angry, sad, whatever the lower emotion that I might be experiencing. If I just wait, yes. uh, it'll look different in two and a half days. Right. Well, it, let's just give an example. I'll just give my own example. I have a Sagittarius. Okay. So I think we had a little conversation a while back and I explained one of the fascinating things this is not to tell people not to get into their sun sign, by the way, but people know a lot more because they can look that up, you see? I mean, when yeah. I say look it up, you can go Google, right? Or wherever it is, or get fundamental books. What does it mean to be a sun and Capricorn person? There's like so much written about sun signs. They say, well, what, what about my moon? You have to figure it out. 
you know, there isn't, you can't just go. I mean, you can go and it, you can see listings in places, moon and Aries, moon and Taurus, but how do you know you have it? You see what I mean? You have to get your chart done or see where it is, and then you look it up. Whereas you know, if you're born on a certain day, if you're a sun sign Scorpio, I'm a sun sign Pisces because I'm born March 10th. So you know that going in, and all you have to do is start reading it. The moon you have to look up. Mercury you have to look up. Venus you have to look up or get your chart done. All these other things are not knowable by your month, day, and year of birth, or even just the month and day of your birth, not even the year, but the sun sign. But for me, what I said to you a while back, we had a little conversation. Each one of us, and this is amazing, before we say we're one year old, you know, when we're born, at least in the West, we're zero. They don't count that way, as far as I understand, in the Far East. I think they see more of birth as like your first year, but we see that as zero, okay? So when you, 365 days go around, families say, ah, oh, we're having you know, baby's first birthday, whatever it is, maybe a cake, celebration, or honor the child. Guess what? 13 times the moon, which has the 27-day cycle, if you multiply 27 and a third by 13, you get approximately 365. So we are so familiar as little kids, right, with whatever the moon is, than our sun. Because the sun takes a whole year before we even, if it comes back to make another journey through the zodiac, and the moon has done that 13 times. When you're two, right, the moon has made 26 of, the, of these voyages through every sign. So what's happening is the moon has so much to do with memory, feelings, childhood, nurturing. I say reincarnation. Um, since I have a Sagittarius moon, I have been watching all the time since I got into this. When does my moon come back? And we can do charts for that. So on my website, we have what's called the lunar return report. If people want to order that or other things where they can learn about the moon and a lot of complimentary stuff. The other thing, though, is since the Sagittarius for me is considered a fire element and all the signs have a different element, like you mentioned Scorpio for your son, that's water. My Pisces yeah. son is water. Uh, Sagittarius is a fire sign. So when the moon is in Aries, which just happened the last two days, the moon would be in trine, which is a triangling to my moon. And generally, even though there might be still other things going on that could be difficult, at least the moon in a harmonious triangular link to my Sagittarius would imply creativity of memory, feelings, personality, and whatever the moon is. The other uh, fire sign would, would then be Leo. Okay, so when the moon is in Leo for two days, that would be another resonance of what we call a trine. So as an example, let's say I plotted out the next 27 days and I saw, okay, my moon is coming back. That's an empowerment. It's the start of a new 27-day cycle and I gear up or whatever. Then we'll, a couple of weeks later, the moon will be in um, maybe 10 days later. So the moon will be in Aries. Then I got two more days of like this triangular stuff to my moon and then another 10 12 days go by, the moon will be in Leo. You could actually plot like triangular things for your whole life and sort of do creative things, just like you would not want to do creative things for me. Uh, say moon is in Pisces, that's what's called the square to my moon, or the moon being in Gemini would be opposite my moon, and the moon in Virgo would be square, again, what's called the right angle. Now, those are just fundamental concepts, but they give people the idea that the moon is making a lot of alignments, not just to your own chart, 
and your own moon and planets, but to the other planets in the heavens, you see. So that's the cosmic calendar that mm-hmm. I've been doing 41 years. The problem in astrology that I see is we're familiar with our sun signs. We need to learn more about the moon and the other planets by getting our chart done, charts done, getting reports, looking things up, right, and learning. Then what happens is if people are lucky, they get into what are called transits and progressions. Where has everything moved since the month, day, and year I was born? what are called transits, and how they're affecting me. And there's other systems called progressions, which are kind of a deeper analysis going back to your month, day, and year of whatever year you're born, and look at that year, like so many days and weeks after your birth. Otherwise, the transits are what people often go to astrologers for to, to understand what's going on in my life, my goals, my plans, success or failure, you know, marriage, relationships, travel, business, money, whatever it is. But the thing that people have never really done is to say, wait a minute, there are these ongoing cycles every day. And so when I got into this a long time ago, I looked at some of these little periodicals that would be monthly. They were in grocery stores. I think they still exist. One was called American Astrology. The other was called Dale Horoscope. They'd be, you know, when you go to a grocery store and you see like crossword puzzles or you you don't, you know, Sudoku kind of things or magazines. At least when I was growing up, you would see something called American Astrology, and it was like a, a just a periodical come out every month, and it would be mostly sun signs. At the very end, they'd say, here's the next month, and they give like a keynote or one sentence. And when I got into it, I thought, that's all you're sharing about every day? There's uh, plenty of stuff. There's all these lunar alignments. There's stopping of planets called stations. There are eclipses. There are new moons. The sun's doing stuff. Mercury's doing stuff, and so on. And I, and I really felt from the very beginning, Christy, I need to be a journalist. And if I could create a newspaper or a magazine about how astrology works, bring other people in, which is what I did with Welcome Planet Earth, and create a cosmic daily calendar, then people could remember that that's where we all came from. Your chart, my chart, everybody listening, the chart, when, when somebody gets a reading, right, and they say, here's my, you know, oh, wow. Thank you for sending me my chart with sun, moon. You see all these beautiful symbols and colors. That was the moment in time, frozen, of the sky, the cosmic calendar, when each one of us sort of was given our mission, our soul personality mission, which is what I think a chart is. It's kind of a blueprint, like a DNA, spiritual code. If we can decode the natal chart, sun, moon, and planets, the angles, the alignments, and how transits go on, that's kind of the ongoing mission and whether we're succeeding or not. The problem, as I see it, is that people have forgotten, you see, about the daily cosmic calendar. That's where we came from. And then what we do is we look at, like you said earlier, our individual charts, right? We're sort of locked in what's going on for me, my life, which is fine. We have to figure ourselves out, but we're part of the whole thing. And when we forget the whole thing, the ongoing stuff, we lose that energy, and that's not good. Yeah, because all these planets are moving and affecting other people's charts just as much as, let's say, mine or yours. So it's you right. kind of, from reading the cosmic calendar, as I've done for years now, when I first found out about it, I think it was a long time ago, but um, right. you get the sense that like we're all in this together. Like, oh, Jupiter is going mm-hmm. retrograde. What does that mean? For like everybody, <laughs> you do yeah. get this sense of some of those bigger movements. And after reading uh, the calendar for so long, it's like you you 
get to, I think for me, it's about calming down, which many, many folks listening yeah. have already sort of heard me say that in other shows where, you know, you don't want to freak out about everything all the time. And some things are just mm-hmm. cycles or some things are just, you know, Jupiter going retrograde. Well, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for the world around me? Mm-hmm. You know, what is my relationship with Jupiter? So I think the gift of the cosmic yeah. calendar that I have found is that if I keep seeing the word Jupiter and I'm reading the, the blurb of the day and it's bothering me, then, then let me do yeah. a meditation or something around my relationship to that planet or asteroid or whatever. And that mm-hmm. has really helped because I might be a little tiny blip <laughs> of cosmic energy, you know, here on the West Coast of the U.S., um, but I'm still being affected by all these things. But I also belong to all those things, all those planets and Absolutely. asteroids and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you just tuned into, I recently wrote about what will happen uh, one week and a day from today, Thursday, July 28th, will be the Leo new moon. When the sun and the moon come together, that starts a 29 and a half day cycle. The solar lunar phase that everyone's born in, that's another cycle we all have. Okay. So uh, just giving out my own, um, I have the sun in Pisces and the moon in Sagittarius, and that's close to a last quarter moon. That's what's called the phase of how the sun, the character, and all of the solar meanings, and the moon, the personality, all the lunar meanings, we each are born in a phase. Some people are born when the, at new moon, around new moon, sun and moon together, first quarter. Uh, we're, in fact, today is a last quarter moon, which is the phase I'm born under. Maybe that's the reason why we're doing this, okay, after nine years. And, I mean, we've mm-hmm. connected over the years, but not doing this. But here's the amazing thing. So in a week and... Um, and one day, Thursday next week, July 28th, we'll have a Leo new moon. And guess what? You just <laughs> pulled out something important from the cosmic calendar. Jupiter is slowing down, which it does every year. That's what when people talk about, oh, my God, Mercury's retrograde, start worrying. Mercury just happens to do that as the first planet around the sun and relative to the Earth 93 million miles away. Mercury does it more than the other planets. So it does that three times. And now this whole thing has developed, which is something I don't think is good, that we are making Mercury or Hermes, the messenger of the gods, the poster boy for, oh, this was, I lost my keys because Mercury was retrograde. You know, my luggage, I was traveling and they misplaced it, as if luggage isn't lost every minute of every day, whether Mercury's forward or or backward. But Jupiter is going to stop a couple of hours after the Leo new moon. And so we're all, what you just tuned in is totally a psychic thing. Whether we know it or not, <laughs> Jupiter is slowing that's down. That's a little problem. <laughs> well, it's yeah. slowing down. Jupiter rules transportation. It's the ruling planet of Sagittarius and Pisces. So I just, I mean, I'm having this sharing with you, and and I hope I'm not giving too much away, but it's like Christy said, be in a quiet place, Mark. In other words, like make sure you're also calm and that things are peaceful because then the psychic energies flow a lot better. Yeah. And that yeah. is happening now. And, and you're pulling things out of things that I've just been writing about and thinking about. And now the whole world, next Thursday, we start a sort of all of us together. The sun and moon come together. So if people get into the cosmic holiday, get for free one day at a time. And it's, as they say, pennies a day to subscribe. It's called the Astrology Cosmic Calendar with a K. 
for, you know, the iPhones and the Android phones, whatever. And my daughter, it used to be in the magazine, it was, but that was my yeah. subscription in print. And then that ended. And then, the, but the calendar kept going for 20 years. And then a couple of years ago, my daughter said, you know, dad, we could, we can make this into an app. Hey, get with the new, the new generation. Okay. So many thousands of dollars later, you know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. It's something that people can have on their phone go one day at a time. So next Thursday, big energy, fire principle of Leo, what's called a fixed fire sign, sun and moon for, for four weeks, but Jupiter and its archetypes, optimism, providence, benevolence, big business, um, enthusiasm for life. In mythology, Jupiter is king of the gods. It does rule Sagittarius and Pisces. And we all have those signs, whether it's the sun, the moon, planets, or nothing in the chart. It's still there. There's still signs. Jupiter is in everybody's chart. It could be rising, setting above or below. It's configured with everything else. So Jupiter is affecting all of us. And as you said, each day now, some people will be feeling the slowing down and then thinking, why is this happening in my life? And they won't realize unless they're into astrology. Aha! You know, from the Earth's perspective, Jupiter's slowing down. It's going to stop, literally, I mean, from our vantage point, and then go in reverse until October 23rd or so. I forget the exact date. I don't have it in front of me. But it, every year, Jupiter goes in reverse for four to five months. And by the way, as long as we're on the subject, Mercury makes it three times every year for three weeks. And that's why people now see it on TV shows. Commentators will joke around and say, aha, we're having this problem here in Washington, D.C. with like getting to work. <laughs> uh, must be Mercury retrograde with trains or something. Because it's that available of the concept. And if people actually go to Google or Safari, whatever, if you type in Mercury retrograde and click images as an example, Talk about a reality. You will see all this creative artistry that people have done, you know, road signs. Instead of stop or detour, Mercury, the symbol of Mercury with an RX. Because it's that pervasive now in the psychic sort of stratosphere. But it's not necessarily a healthy thing because things don't just turn bad when a planet goes retrograde. It's an inner energy. It's kind of review, reflect, reevaluate. Here's the amazing thing. The moon never goes backwards. The sun never goes backwards. You see, it's the planets that will do this periodically. Venus also does it for six weeks every year and a half. Mars is about to go retrograde the day before Halloween until around January 12th in the sign Gemini. I'm going to be doing a whole podcast on that. That's going to affect Gemini, sun sign people. If you have the moon in Gemini, Mars in Gemini, and we all have Gemini somewhere, and we all have Mars somewhere. It's sort of endless. I know. It's like all these planets get so much attention, and then the moon's like, ah, oh, there's the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, that's, you see, the moon is so much – the moon is our instincts. That's our gut feelings. You just hit it, – because it's, it's sort of not noticed. It's not a planet. It's our satellite, see? So it's all – the. Remember I said um, about a quarter of a million babies come into the world, souls are incarnating, yeah. maybe about 235,000 unfortunate souls are passing away or whatever, population increasing. What's, what's fascinating is the moon is approximately 225,000 to 240,000 miles away. I think I just brought up two numbers, 250,000 souls being born, 235,000 souls passing away. Why is the moon's actual distance 
almost the same numbers. And here's the other, this is the most extraordinary thing. If people think, oh, you know, there's no, there's no divine energy. Okay. Well, you know, I don't, I'm an atheist. Okay. Or an agnostic, whether, whatever religion people are, I just don't believe there's a divine order. Why is the sun, okay, 400 times bigger in size than the moon, but the moon is exactly 400 times closer to us, and that's why we get total solar and lunar eclipses. If the sun wasn't where it is in the solar system, we're about 93 million miles away, and if the moon wasn't where it is, we would never have those exact total solar and lunar eclipses. Who's doing that? What's doing that? You see, the yeah. why is that happening? And what do eclipses mean? They only can happen at new and full moon when the sun and the moon are either together or they're opposite. Yeah. So to shine some light on the moon, since we are already talking about other planets and the moon's like on the back burner again. So yeah. if, so let's say somebody has a moon. I want to pick a, a, a different sign um, in Gemini. Yeah. Then, like, what are they? And then their sun sign something else. Then how do they use that moon sign in conjunction with their solar, yeah. um, with their sun sign? Sorry. Well, okay, part of that gets back into these aspects. So let's just say it's yeah. a Sun and Leo person, okay? Yeah. So their Sun sign is Leo. Gemini is an air sign, and fire and air, those elements work well together. It's part of what we call sextiles, or putting a six-pointed star in the circle of the zodiac, you get six points. And every 60 degrees, the astrologers name this, they call it a sextile based on um, certain ancient ge- geometrical kind of things. But the 60-degree pattern of, let's say, a person with a Gemini moon and a Sun and Leo. So their fundamental character, right, they're sort of broad scale, like I came in on the Leo way, so fire and leadership and strength. Anyone who's a Sun sign Leo, but just to bring in a Sun sign concept, as we know many Leos, don't we? <laughs> Everybody knows yeah. somebody who's born with a Sun and Leo, man or woman, whatever. Now, to, to offer a very limited slice of life, the way I look at Leo is, you're the sun. Okay, it's the, the sun rules Leo. So what is, what is the purpose of the actual sun? The sun, with all the planets and the asteroids and everything surrounding it, the sun is constantly, not, it doesn't change. We're not living in a pulsating variable sun that's sometimes strong or weak. It's called on the main sequence in astronomy. So luckily, it's supposed to be exactly giving out the same kind of energy for billions of years. So it's a constant and the Sun and Leo people need to have constant giving out of light and energy, which is what the Sun is, all the time. And on the positive level, that is a term that I call magnanimity, being magnanimous, being generous. So Leo people are sort of larger than life. We hear about being into entertainment, childlike, you know, it's a fixed sign, so often there's stubbornness or intensity. The real shadow of the Leo Sun sign person would be, Everything's about them, right? Excessive egocentricity. I'm the sun. I'm at the center with all these planets and asteroids. Give homage to me. So the more a sun and Leo person is that in type of individual, I think they're missing 
the mark, so to speak, the more the sun, we all know Leo person, give the shirt off their back, right? What more can I do? I'm not doing enough because their nature is to be the constant shining sun, to have light, love, energy, whatever it is. And we generally want to surround ourselves, like to orbit those kind of people because they give us so much life. The Gemini moon for that person would be like a subunit, like more inner of their intellect. Gemini is a sign that's ruled by Mercury, the messenger of God, and Gemini is an air sign. So the sort of inner personality or the feelings or moods of that child growing up and how they learn and how they utilize it would be like school would be important. Lessons would be important. Probably writing, having a diary, you know, talking on the phone with their friends, conversing a lot, thinking a lot, and utilizing those skills and bringing that with the fire principle or the character of Leo. So that would be that connection that you, you brought up. And there are, see, there's 144. Get this. There are 12 sun signs, right? Yeah. Well, and there's also the moon can be in any one of the 12 signs. So that's 144 literal sun-moon combinations. Now, in astrology, as you know, there is a rising sign. People don't know this. That's the sign, one of the 12 signs at the moment of your birth, based on the time of your birth, is rising east, on the eastern horizon. So for thousands of years, when the ancients were doing charts and so on, as accurately as they could do that, Christy, if you knew a birth time, particularly for a prince or a princess or a king was being born, it was usually charts of royalty and wealthy people wasn't, shall we say, commoners. Every day people, this is a good point, people weren't walking around 100 or 500 or 1,000 years ago saying, I'm a Pisces, I'm a Scorpio. Sometimes <laughs> astrology, as we know it, started from newspapers trying to figure out how to capture audiences 90 years ago in America and in England and France. Like, how do we, how do we sell more newspapers that were only being sold for like a penny a day or two cents. Take New York where I was born. It's like all these newspapers. Somebody said, look, you know, the New York Times is, is, is taking all our money. We're the daily news. We got to figure something out here. We need more subscribers. Somebody walked in one day and said, you know, there are these 12 sunshine things. There's this thing called astrology. What if we got somebody to write this? This is, this is why we have sunshine astrology, Christy. Mm-hmm. It's not as if everybody was doing this hundreds of years ago. People weren't thinking yeah. like this. But the moon is important because, and one other thing, when I got into this 50 years ago, I won't get into all the details. People can go to my website. I, I have a uh, one podcast I did, my 47 years as a psychic astrologer. That gives a lot of biography of how I got into that. So I did that last year at some point. People can look in Astroscope and find that, learn, you know, my childhood. Yeah. But I will tell you this. When I got into it in 1972, um, I became fascinated. So I found a paperback that was called something like Write Your Horoscope. That was the paperback. That allowed me, like scratching things out, to get my dad, my mom, my sisters, a girlfriend, my, my friends in school, that I knew their birthdays, you see. Now... I was able to also find and look up through this compendium in this little book, their moon energies. And what I did was, okay, so I thought about all the people I knew with their sun signs. That seemed to jive. You know, my dad was a sun sign Aries. My mom was a sun sign Capricorn. But I needed more. Take my parents, for example. I look in this book. Okay, my, my dad is an Aries son. My mom is a Capricorn. 
I know their relationship. It's affecting me and my sisters and my whole family very profoundly. Well, I found out my dad's moon was in Capricorn. That's my mom's sun sign. So in astrology, if one person has the sun in a sign and the other person has the moon, to many astrologers, that's one of these, so to speak, soulmate kind of connections. If one person's sun and another moon, it doesn't have to be love. It could be parent and child. It could be husband and wife. It could be brother and sister. My sister, one of my sister's son in Sagittarius is exactly on my moon. And I don't mean in the same sign. I mean exactly. There's 30 degrees of space in every sign. My sister is older than I am. She has the sun at 11 degrees of Sagittarius. My moon is 11 degrees. And my mother has what's called the dragon's head, which is the orbit of the moon at 11 degrees. That's crazy. That's showing exact family astrology. And anyone who's hearing me who's a professional astrologer and has done this, they know what I'm talking about. When you do hundreds and thousands of charts, as I've done, you find how amazing, and I'll tell you something funny, because 50 years later, when people who disparage astrology or somebody into, you know, religion or science who thinks, you know, like, oh, you must be out of your mind to believe in that, this is not a belief. <laughs> this is statistical stuff. There's a guy in France, uh, Michel Gauquelin, this is back many decades, and his wife. He wanted to disprove astrology. They got into getting birth charts and so on of sports, athletes, doctors, scientists. He did this whole thing, and he realized he was trying to disprove it. And it completely was the opposite, and he's become one of the great scientists and statisticians in his books, and then his wife did this, of proving where planets are rising and setting and above and below why some people are doctors instead of scientists. For instance, the moon in Jupiter, and I have them very prominent, is prominent for people in literature, which is, I've been a writer since Michigan State when I was at school, doing Welcome to Planet Earth. And that has a lot to do with getting your chart done, what's rising, what's setting, what's up, what's down. So, and if the moon, I have a very prominent moon, which is what we're talking about, my moon is overhead, and that's in a sense, a public use of the moon. And that's why I have brought out astrology in print and through these different vehicles, because it's not just the moon in a sign or that sign's energy. It's where is it in the chart? Okay, if it's above, that's more public and career. If your moon is below, that's more home and feelings and emotion. If your moon is rising, that's more self-expression. If your moon is setting, that's more relationship. And then there's these intermediate positions. So I think um I think we just keep missing paying attention to the moon mm-hmm. because it tells you so much. And I think because it has um you said that it has something to do with personality and kind of like the flavor mm-hmm. of the sun sign. Um it, it seems like if we know other folks around us, their moon sign, that you can communicate a lot better with them. So I guess, it, does it the sun sign as far as personality, that, let's say, a, a Scorpio or Pisces sort of flavor of the personality is, is muted to the moon sign? Is that correct? Yeah. The, well, yeah. Here's, I'll just use my own chart as an example, okay. What I discovered about myself, okay, because that's, I mean, all astrologers, whenever they got into this, 
you got to discover yourself, right? And the, yeah. the best other way is your family because that's who you know yeah. the best, right? And your best friends. Okay. And with me, it was like, oh, wow. I meant to John F. Kennedy's chart. That makes sense because I learned all these other things of the people around me, including my grandparents. I did all my grandparents' charts. Now, I didn't know their time of birth. They didn't know their time. But I could look it up. Wow. You know, my grandma Sarah, my mom's mother, who took care of us a whole lot. It made my, my grandmother's son it was exactly on top of my Jupiter. You brought up Jupiter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all these things. When my, my daughter, Katja, was born, she was born a week after my grandmother passed away. My mom called where we were living in Massachusetts. She said, would you name... I think at that point with the second child, I, we knew that it was going to be a girl, or at least psychically knew it was going to be another girl, so two daughters. And, and we had already decided to use the Ancacha. My mom said, well, grandma, you know, passing away, her original name was Sonia. She came out of Russia, Ukraine, actually. But her Americanized name was Sarah. And my mom said, would you name the new baby Sonia? And it was close to Katya, but we were, we didn't do that. But my grandmother's energy was very much connected to my daughter Katya's energy. And they, um, my grandmother's passing was a week before my daughter's birth. By the way, this is another common thing that happens in families that I believe has to do with the moon and reincarnation, which maybe we can talk about another time because I'll just say it right now so people know. I believe that the moon we have, see the sun sign, the moon, and the whole chart, just for another thing at everybody, this is intentional, okay? We're not incarnating where it's just an accident that we suddenly are born. Families, I just said, my, son, my moon is my sister's sun and has to do with my mother's chart. As a soul, I'm coming in just like my sisters to be part of my parents and that we go back you see, and forward, kind of like, I think, Shakespearean actors, like the Stratford-on-Avon in England, and there's one in Connecticut, mm-hmm. there's one out here in Ashland. What I believe happens is we reincarnate kind of with family and extended family, like a, like a Shakespearean troupe, where the actors and actresses, you know, you can have men playing female parts, you're all masked up, or females playing male parts, and it changes from Hamlet to Macbeth to Romeo and Juliet. So that is how I see what happens. And the astrology of parents' charts and children's charts and then grandchildren's charts and uncles and aunts, it's all, it's like a symphony. Okay, it's an orchestration. And that's where astrologers, as you learn it, you're kind of the composer of that or trying to be the composer. There's everybody playing the symphony, they're like sun, moon. You know how you have a solo, right? Because this is SoundCloud. Yeah. It's a violin, you know, Beethoven violin. You got one person who excels at that, but there's still the orchestra. You still got the composer, right? Somebody's still playing piano in the background. <laughs> You've got these other instruments happening. That's all the planetary things. But it's like, oh, for one moment, you know, the, the violin specialist, that's like Mercury or Neptune or Jupiter or a piano sonata, right, by Beethoven. So that becomes that instrument, that planet, but you still have everything else, and you still have to put it all together. So that's sort of the chart, sun, moon, the different planets. So what you're asking is really important, because you're asking, you're you're opening people to understand the nuances of the chart. Um, For me, what I would say as a direct answer, as you see, it's easy (laughs) to meander when you're a son of Pisces, son of Sagittarius, you have to eventually get back to the question. So, so fundamentally for me, I identify enormously, and I'm just being honest with my moon, 
than my sun. See, that's what I, why I want people to know about this. When you find your moon and you really look that up, I find anybody who's going to say, oh, I'm not my moon. That's ridiculous. That just never happens. <laughs> you are your moon because that's who you were those, that first year of your life. 13 times the moon did this thing, and then you became one year old. How many people remember their first year of life? You know, unless you do primal therapy or something, most people don't remember their first year. Maybe some people do. People, I don't, my first memory is when I'm three and a half. I broke my leg. I don't remember the first, that's what, 36, 40, uh, how many, how many months of life? 12 months in a year, 36. Um, about, uh, 46 months into my life, which is a lot of lunar cycles, basically about 40 some odd cycles. When I was three and a half years old, I broke my leg, and that's the first memory I have. Who knows what went on during the first three and a half years of my life? I don't remember. But I had like 40 some odd lunar cycles. And that's like in your storage of memory of feelings and images and experiences that are there. Yeah, it's so like. You're right. You know, I, I, my, my daughter. Birth to twins four years ago. I have seen and they have experienced so many realities. But when they're a teenager in their 20s, are they going to remember the vivid things that my daughter, my son in law, and I and other relatives saw those kids doing? Now they'll have the images, right? Because we have these cell phones now, they have some pictures. But internally, it, it sort of goes way down below. So you're totally right. It's sort of we, we accept it or I, I used a term about this. It's kind of like we don't we don't honor the moon. What we need to do, but that's where full moons and sort of uh, using you know looking up in the sky and sort of going out into nature and seeing a crescent moon, uh, you know, at sunrise or sunset. For instance, the whole idea of what the ancients called the new moon. Just so you know, they didn't have telescopes. The new moon that we call the new moon is from like the Jet Propulsion Laboratory that says this is when the sun and moon come together. You don't see it yeah. because the moon is basically dark. But the ancients formed religion about three days after what we now know as the new moon. They would see a thin crescent moon in the western sky after the sun would set. The whole Jewish religion is based on that. That the, This has to do with Rosh Hashanah. The, the Jewish New Year is based every year, all the almanacs, whatever. Basically, they're recording. Um, it's the new moon that they'll use, okay, sort of scientifically. But the ancients, they would blow a chauffeur and different things like a ram's horn and so on because they would see that the moon had reappeared and had, because before that, it would have been lost. And they were worried that the moon is gone. It was, it was, it was a gibbous moon. It was, a full moon. It was a last quarter moon. Where's the moon? They didn't know. It disappeared at the new moon. Then it re- reappeared. And so after thousands of years, all these religions and so on, we talk about a thin crescent moon after sunset. That's the beginning of things because the moon would reappear. So I think because we have all this contact with the moon every month, I mean, in all the different signs, and then you know, right. once a month, it's your moon. Um, it's like the moon is this holder of, you know, some of that information, I guess, of early life or um, mm-hmm. maybe the um, some of the information around fear and um, superstition mm-hmm. and, and holding that um, 
idea of like, where's the moon kind of thing. Like the, the moon has been with us every day of our lives. Yes. You know, and I guess because of the way it's displayed in the sky, it's giving you, you know, exuberance with, let's say, a full moon or like nothing's happening when it's just moon dark. <laughs> so it just seems like there's a lot more to do um, individually with all those sensitive psychic folks out there mm-hmm. where they can tap into their uh, what the moon means to them, what that sense sun sign and moon sign are are really where they are in their chart um it's just it's just pretty fascinating i know we're nearing the end of our sharing do we still have a couple minutes or no uh we have about a minute and um i just before we wrap up could you let everyone know about your podcast and um your website again Okay, yeah, a podcast at Great Bear Enterprises with an S at the end dot com. That's where everything is. The podcast is called Astroscope. It's complimentary. There's a bunch of complimentary things, Global Hotspot, so many other things. Again, the Astrology Cosmic Calendar, Calendar with a K for iPhone, Android, free one day at a time, subscription, very inexpensive, and there's a whole bunch of things if you go to the website. Yeah, okay, great. Well, thank you, Mark, for you know, expanding our brains to include the moon. I really, really appreciate it. You have surfing the psychic Well, thank you for having today. me. If you ever want to do a part two on this or anything else, I'd love to be on again. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. And stay tuned for more on Inflow Radio. For surfing the psychic waves with me today on inflowradio.com. You can find me on Twitter at Christina Surfing or find me surfing the psychic waves on SoundCloud or on Facebook and let me know what waves you're surfing. This show is brought to you by inflowradio.com the best curated talk radio network for personal development, wellness, spirituality, and conscious business.